Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. It's the summer of 2009, and Rod Blagojevich is in limbo. It's been exactly eight months since the FBI arrested him, and he's about ten months away from going to trial. After I was wrongfully hijacked from office, you gotta find work. Rod has been hired to perform at a staff party in Chicago. The former governor of Illinois is on stage with a lookalike of male model, and I can't believe it's not butter spokesman. Fabio. I want to introduce Fabio to you. An ex-governor and a Fabio lookalike. And now I'm going to sing a song. Get it! Rod loves Elvis. While he was governor, Rod had the coiffed hair and the fancy clothes. When the investigations were gathering steam, the FBI had a code name for Blagojevich. It was Elvis. The Elvis obsession, where did that start? And I don't know. He's always been obsessed with Elvis. I think he saw him as a cool guy that came from nothing who made something big out of himself. There's a part of Rod that's enjoying being a B-list celebrity. Looming on the horizon is a court battle, but Blagojevich is a showman. And it's better to be seen as a lovable showman than a criminal. From WBEZ Chicago, I'm Dave McKinney, and this is Public Official A. This is our podcast about the bringing down of a charismatic, over-the-top politician by a federal investigation. It's no good. It's no good. I gotta get moving. Previously, we dove into the FBI tapes of Blagojevich. Everybody's passing me by, and I'm stuck. Who's passing you by? Everybody. FBI agents listened as Rod talked about who he was going to appoint to fill the Senate seat vacated by then-president-elect Barack Obama. Right, but you understand, it's very important for me to make a lot of money. I need the independence. I, I, I need the freedom. The FBI agents thought that Governor Blagojevich was getting ready to appoint a U.S. senator for money. So they made their arrest. That's what somebody like this deserves. I know it was dark by the time we got home because I have a very vivid memory of the lights from the minicams pointing at our house. Now, in this episode, Blagojevich eagerly embarks on a glitzy media tour to prove his innocence. And in the background, the federal investigation takes a human toll. Part 5. Treat Me Nice. This is a sad day for government. 
It's a very sad day for Illinois government. Governor Blagojevich has taken us to a truly new low. The morning of the arrest, U.S. Attorney Patrick Fitzgerald held a press conference and announced the charges against Blagojevich. Governor Blagojevich tried to sell the appointment to the Senate seat vacated by President-elect Obama. The conduct would make Lincoln roll over in his grave. The governor's own words describing the Senate seat, quote, I've got this thing and it's bleeping golden. I'm just not giving it up for bleeping nothing, quote. Those are his words, not our characterization, other than with regard to the bleep. Do you need a mic check? Yeah, please. One, two, three, four, five, six. Thank you very much. Sam Adam Jr. is a longtime defense lawyer in Chicago. He watched Fitzgerald announce the charges against Rod on TV. To come out and say that Lincoln's rolling over in his grave uh, with a criminal defendant who is presumed to be innocent took away that presumption right then. When he says that on news and then the next picture you see is Rod in handcuffs with the crazy hair there was no choice what anyone would. He had a 0% approval rating, I think, that we had looked at the next day. That means people in Rod's own family are like, man, Rod, what the heck are you doing? The news of the arrest was a catastrophic embarrassment for the state of Illinois. Many Illinois politicians already didn't like Blagojevich, and they were now out for blood. I think the governor knows what he should do, and that is to either resign or step aside. When you talk with him, he seems to think that uh, it's a witch hunt. I hope that the governor himself comes to the conclusion that he can no longer effectively serve uh, and that he does resign. Good afternoon. This morning, my office filed pleadings with the Illinois Supreme Court. Then Illinois Attorney General Lisa Madigan asked justices to remove Blagojevich from office. Now, there would be no need for that if Rod would simply resign. Did you have any belief that he would take a call like that seriously? No. No, his ego was too big. He would, you know, he was going to cling to power as long as he possibly could. I love Rod. I did back then. I do now. I told you I didn't want to do this interview because I didn't want to drudge up all. I do. I feel responsible. If I had been more convincing, he wouldn't be where he's at. I just feel that way. Just a couple of days after the arrest, Blagojevich sought out the help of defense lawyer Sam Adam Jr. Only six months earlier, Adam obtained a successful acquittal for R&B artist R. Kelly on child pornography charges. Today, Sam has billboards throughout Chicago. The governor of your state calls and asks you to defend him. Yes, I'll take you on, of, of course. To be asked to do that is, is an absolute honor. Those are early meetings with Rod. How would you describe his, his demeanor? I mean, he has two daughters and a wonderful, wonderful wife. Of course he was scared. Of course, uh, you know, of course he was worried about it. Ten days after the arrest, Governor Blagojevich made his first substantial public statement. If he was worried, it wasn't obvious. Thank you very much. I'm here to tell you right off the bat that I am not guilty of any criminal wrongdoing, that I intend to stay on the job, and I will fight this thing every step of the way. I will fight, I will fight, I will fight until I take my last breath. I have done nothing wrong. Did you help him craft that response? Never. We believed if he's going to go out and talk about his innocence, he should do it authentically. 
and we shouldn't craft what he was going to say. That's who Rod was. He said, I will fight, I will fight. You're going to have to prove this against me. I will forever go down and appreciate him for that. Rod stubbornly clung on to power and his office, despite the Illinois House voting unanimously to begin impeachment proceedings. Respected politicians called for Rod to resign. He ignored them. They demanded that he not make the Senate appointment. He did it anyway, appointing someone who would actually take it, Roland Burris, an out-of-work career politician. The move only further agitated lawmakers. Blagojevich wasn't getting much love at home, so he and his team started a new national strategy. We had to get back to zero. We were at less than zero, you know? We had to get back to even. We had to get people to at least listen to what we had to say. While Illinois senators in Springfield debated Blagojevich's fate, Rod flew to New York and appeared on the Today Show, Good Morning America, The Early Show, Geraldo Rivera, Rachel Maddow, The View, Larry King Live, and more. I know what I am. Um, I'm, I'm a salesman. I mean, you take this crappy little beater and you got to make it look like a brand new Mercedes. I, well, typically, yes, that's what we do. But you have to know, is this something people are going to listen to you on? Governor Blago on the offensive. Media blitz. Media self-immolation tour. This is turning into a bit of a media circus. You have to understand my husband's mindset. He's just been accused of all these awful things. So is he going to sit still or is he going to try to get out there and tell everybody, like, I didn't do it? I didn't break their trust, that I didn't let them down, that I didn't do anything wrong. During many of these media appearances, there was one excerpt from the FBI tapes that everyone wanted to press Rod on. It was an excerpt that on its face seemed indefensible. You've been wiretapped saying, and I'm quoting, I've got this thing, it's golden, I'm just not not giving giving it up up for for nothing. nothing. In what possible context could you say things like that if you weren't trying to exchange something of value for the Senate seat? Rod worked hard to get his defense against the tapes out into the world. He said over and over that those clips were taken out of context, and if you could hear all the tapes, he'd be exonerated. I want every tape, every one of them. Every tape conversation to be heard, so the whole story can be heard in the full context. It's so hard for him when he feels that people think that he's guilty of this. Wait a minute, he does a fabulous Nixon impression. Do it for us. Just say I am not a crook. Do it. I mean, a a form to show. Shout from the tallest mountain you can. With witnesses, I, I can prove my innocence. Our thanks to Governor Rod Blagojevich. We're going to be right back with Nancy Grace. <laughs> After that initial media blitz, Governor Blagojevich left the TV studios of New York and returned to Illinois to face reality. Ladies and gentlemen of the Senate, thank you very much. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here today and. Uh, present my uh, closing argument. My Rod stood in front of the Illinois Senate to make one last plea to keep his job. Now, and I know there's a certain sense that maybe it'd be good if I wasn't here and you guys can put all this behind you and move on. His tone was different. This wasn't an anonymous TV audience. These were people he knew. Now, if I felt I did something wrong, I would have resigned in December. If I felt I had violated a law, I would meet my responsibilities. I would have resigned in December. It seemed like Rod was convinced that he could change their minds. It is painful to be in a car and drive and see people sitting, standing at bus stops or walking down the street who voted for you, presumably. More of them did than didn't. 
and they've hired you and trusted you and you're dying to tell them, I didn't do it. I didn't let you down. Give me a chance to show you. It's painful and it's lonely. I was in the Senate chamber during Rod's impeachment speech. It was 47 long minutes. When Rod was done, he'd somehow escaped all the reporters afterwards. But I got lucky. One of the security guards I knew pointed toward an office across the street. Go over there, stand out back, and you'll find him. I raced over, and right on cue, a set of doors flew open, and Rod darted out on his way to an idling black SUV. He had sneaked into the basement, out of the Capitol building, and through a dark underground steam tunnel. I had time for one question. Governor, shouldn't you tell Illinoisans you're sorry for everything you've put them through? He turned. Sorry for what? The Senate vote was 59 to 0 in favor of conviction. Rod Blagojevich became the only impeached governor in Illinois history, and he was banned from holding state office ever again. And so then within like five minutes of the impeachment vote, the troopers came to our door with, you know, some of them crying with tears in their eyes, saying that they had to leave. They were sorry they had to leave. Gave me the car seat. Annie's car seat, which was in one of the state trooper cars. And that was it. Y'all live in the neighborhood? Yeah. All right. When Rod got back to his house, he held an impromptu press conference outside. He apologized to his neighbors for all the reporters. Sorry about all this. Soon we'll be over, I think. Um, let, me, uh, let, me be, let me begin by saying that uh, I'm obviously saddened and uh, disappointed but not at all surprised by uh, what the state Senate did today. It was something that I knew they would do a long time ago. Uh, but I'm really here today just to say how, uh, how grateful uh, Patty and I and our daughters Amy and Annie are for the opportunity to be able to serve the people of Illinois as their governor. Can you give us an idea financially how, how you're going to manage now? One day at a time, sweet Jesus, one day at a time. Okay. Keep fighting, Rod. I sure will, man. We're not done yet. We're getting tougher. We're not done yet. Rod climbed the stairs to his house, gave a few more waves, and went inside. What's an unemployed private citizen to do? Coming up next, Reality TV. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This is Public Official A, Part 5. Treat me nice. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome uh, former Governor Rod Blagojevich. Here we go. Just five days after being kicked out of office, Rod was a guest on Late Night with David Letterman. It seemed like an odd thing to do after such public humiliation, and Letterman did not hold back. Why, why exactly are you here? Honest to God. What? <laughs> well, you know, the, I've been wanting to be on your show in the worst way for the longest well, time. Well, you're on in the worst way, believe me. <laughs> How do you think he did on Letterman? If you look at Letterman and you go, my God, Letterman made a joke of him and all that, you go, man, that's probably not a good thing. But if you stretch that out, that was the beginning that was growing the tree of innocence. 
Rod's defense attorney slash media strategist, Sam Adam Jr. And what does that say about somebody if they can take it on the chin like that and still say, you know what? I didn't do it. And the alternative is to sit in some corner, hide, cower in the fetal position, and assume and accept what people are saying that you did. And you didn't do it, and I didn't do it. And at the appropriate time, I'll have a chance to prove that. Right, right. So why not wait till the appropriate time? Well, (laughs) I I get that. You know, I... I mean, did, did Rod enjoy that attention, kind of elevating his profile in the way he did? I, I'm sure. I, I mean, uh, I'm sure. Now, the question is, did he enjoy it so much that that's all he was focused on? He wasn't focused on the outcome. No, we had a plan. We had a strategy. The trial was still a ways away, almost a year and a half. But that stage was looming in Rod and Sam's minds. Commentators described Rod's media tour as a cheap play to influence potential jurors. But Adams says it was bigger than that. We weren't trying to uh, uh, taint a jury. We were just trying to get people in general. If they happen to end up on the jury, they happen to end up. But we were trying to get people in, ju- in general, just listen to us. Don't form a, an opinion until you hear it. People listen. Right. <laughs> we'll be right back with Rod Blagojevich. And so Rod's media career continued. They were going to keep pushing that public opinion needle until the trial started. Good morning. This is uh, former Governor Rod Blagojevich. How are you? And uh, this is a time for uh, uh, a little more conversation and a little less action. Blagojevich started a new gig as a radio host in Chicago. WLS, where Chicago comes to talk. Hi, this is Ron Blagojevich, and I got to tell you, I sure do love Elvis, and I also love. There was one guy in Chicago who had to sit and listen to every single moment that Rod was on the air. You know, there's no way to speed through a two-hour radio show on a Sunday morning. Reed Shar was an assistant U.S. attorney and the lead prosecutor on the Blagojevich case. Because I was the one who was going to be cross-examining him, you know, should he testify, it meant I then needed to listen to everything he had to say, determine whether or not, in fact, was accurate or whether he was out making misstatements. Our guest uh, from the U.S. News & World Report can't be here, so... I'm uh, going to spend a little time talking about some issues I really care about, and I'm going to do what, I, what, I, what I'm calling insights from the inside. I'm going to... I mean, did you feel a little overwhelmed by the amount of Blagojevich that you were digesting at that point? It was a lot, um, but when you believe you're on the right side and you believe the evidence demonstrates he abused his power, it's uh, highly motivational, and so it was time well spent. Quietly. In the background, prosecutors were working on a grand jury indictment. There was a lot of speculation as to who else might get charged, and one person in particular. They were floating around like they were going to indict me too, I think. I remember having like one day where it was like, oh my God, my poor children, what if they they do that, you know? Investigators believe that Patty was knowingly part of a corrupt chain she was working with one of Rod's top fundraisers, who was later convicted of fraud and bribery. That fundraiser was funneling money to Patty in the form of supposedly bogus real estate fees. She says that's categorically false. I was a real estate broker. I mean, I knew what I, you know, work I did for commissions I got. Any commissions that I made, I paid my taxes on them. You know, I had a business. Of course we were worried they were going to charge Patty. That's more pressure. You know what kind of pressure that would put on Rod to think his children are going to end up orphans? 
Ultimately, in April of 2009, Patty was named in the indictment but not charged. Investigators told me they were worried about how it would look to indict both Rod and Patty and the impact that would have on their children. Besides the 16 counts against Rod, his friend and fundraiser, Chris Kelly, was also indicted, along with his brother Robert, who had been head of Rod's campaign fund. I think they decided, like, should we go after his wife or should we go after his brother, you know? But I think think they decided that they were going to go after his brother to try to force him to plead guilty or something. Rod Blagojevich went to court to plead not guilty on April 14, 2009. Media from all over America descended upon the federal courthouse in Chicago. As Rod exited the building, the scene outside was a complete circus. Silvio, stay on him. He's still coming. Now he's going back. He's going back. It became an absolute feeding frenzy. I'm glad this process has finally begun. Uh, it's the end of the beginning in one respect, but it's the beginning of another uh, aspect, and that is the beginning of me being able to prove my innocence. I know people say circus, but it's kind of normalized. Defense attorney Sam Adam Jr. was used to this kind of thing. I went from R. Kelly, who had girls on the steps of 2016 throwing shirts at him, which was insane to me, it still is insane to me, to Rod, and I did it for so long, it was kind of the job. Reporters and cameras moved tightly around Blagojevich. There was a lot of pushing and shoving, and a couple of people were knocked down. Are you all right? Are you all right? What about you guys? What about you guys? I mean, look at these are your fellow colleagues. One bystander just a few feet away from Rod lost his cool with the swarming reporters. What are you doing? You guys, be careful. You guys, be careful. out of here. The man turned to Blagojevich and apologized for his language. Rod laughed and said it wasn't anything he hadn't heard before, and then said, have you heard those tapes? The trial was still almost a year away. Soon after Rod entered his plea in court, he made a strange request to leave the country. Both Rod and Patty had lost their jobs. Rod wanted to make some money, appearing on a reality TV show that would be filmed in the jungles of Costa Rica. Prosecutor Reed Shar successfully argued that Rod might stay in Costa Rica to avoid trial. That show um, was, for me, a bit of a godsend. It was Patty's turn in the spotlight. Season two of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. It was a show that was kind of like Survivor, but with, quote, celebrities. They had originally wanted Rod, but with the court ruling, Patty went in his place, and she was glad to do it. Okay, I was in the jungle, right? And that had its own challenges. But, I mean, think about how crazy our lives were. It got me out of here. All right, welcome to I'm a Celebrity. Get me out of here. My name is Damien. You know, all that TV stuff... That was just simply financial. You do what you have to do. Just in terms of scale, was it like enough to get you through a month or two or was it was like a enough, year? It was enough to get us through well, like a year. A year. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a Yeah, because I was able to stay. The longer you stayed, the more you got paid. That's right. Now, here's how it works. One member from each team will come up to the counter here. The first person to finish their dish, show us an empty mouth, will get a point for their team. The first team a lot of people focused on the spider. Um, <laughs> you and the spider, yeah. What yeah. was that like? It was awful, yeah. 
be eating a tarantula. Oh! A what? A tarantula. And three. Is it alive? Two. No. Okay, you're good. One. Okay. Go! I really was not interested in eating that spider, so I just put it, took a bite, and I chewed very slowly, and then I went and spit it out. It's 1-8-7-7-5-0-7. I had to be voted on to stay. There were a lot of people voting to keep me on, so that was, and I think part of that was Rod. Like, he would, like, every time you'd run into somebody, he'd say, like, hey, can I borrow your phone? And he'd, like, take their phone and vote for me a whole bunch of times. At one point in the jungle, Patty was able to Skype with her family on national TV. Hey! Hey! Hey, how are you? Hey, how are the girls? They're great, and they sure would love to talk to you. They miss you, and we're proud of you. I love you, too. Okay, let's put them on. Annie, but Annie, look who's here. Come on, Amy. Oh, Annie, I love you. Did you like the tarantula? I did like the... No, I didn't like the tarantula at all. Did you see me eat that? Uh-huh. I love you guys. I miss you so much. Commentators describe Patty's stint on reality TV as a humiliating cash grab. But perhaps the higher purpose was the play for public sympathy. Patty emotionally told millions of TV viewers about the toll that her husband's case was taking on her family. Lost everything. You know, I'm fighting, we're fighting to keep our house and I keep our kids in the school that they're in. It's just hard. You just do what you can do. That's all. Patty eventually left reality TV and came home to reality. It's like the week after I came back and I like was mowing the grass because of course if Rod was mowing the grass, they would be all, you know, people would be all over him. So I could like come in and I take a shower and I'm like, what is like on my rib cage? And I thought like maybe I got like bit by a mosquito or something. And um, ended up I got shingles right after I got back because of this, you know, the stress. Like, you know, just showed you how, how much stress we were under that, like, as soon as I got back, all of a sudden, like... Just to give you a heads up, this next section contains descriptions of self-harm and suicide. If you're sensitive to that, we'd recommend you skip ahead two minutes. With all the media appearances and reality TV silliness, it's easy to forget about the gravity of the Blagojevich's situation. They're playing the public relations game, trying to persuade a national audience that this whole thing was a big misunderstanding, hoping that the media tour will somehow have influence later in court. But there were other people charged with wrongdoing, more anonymous people who couldn't do that. Personal relationships broke down, careers were destroyed, and multiple people were facing years in prison. Rod's friend Chris Kelly was dealing with the weight of three separate federal cases against him. Kelly had been Rod's chief fundraiser. By 2009, Kelly confided to his friends that his life had become a nightmare. Christopher Kelly raised millions for Governor Rod Blagojevich during election campaigns. Altogether, he faces 38 years in prison. And And Kelly also faces racketeering and fraud charges in the case against former Governor Blagojevich. Kelly's situation was dire, and prosecutors badly wanted him to cooperate against Blagojevich. But he wouldn't make a deal. He wouldn't flip. There's a photograph of Chris Kelly in the lobby of the federal courthouse on the day he entered a guilty plea. He's wearing a blue shirt with sweat stains under his arms. He has a pained expression on his face, and his eyes are sunken. Just a few nights after that, 
Kelly texted his girlfriend with a short message. Come get me, ASAP, yard. When she found him, he was slumped over in his SUV. Kelly had poisoned himself. While he was being strapped down to be put in an ambulance, Kelly got agitated. In his last words before being taken away, Kelly told his girlfriend, Tell them they won. Tell them they won. Soon after, Chris Kelly was dead. What's happened to my family is a tragedy, but that's like takes it up another level, you know. I feel like he had a lot of life insurance, you know, and I think he felt like it was maybe in his mind the best thing he could do for his kids. I had a uh, alert on my phone. Blagojevich fundraiser, dead. Former lobbyist John Wyma, whose cooperation with the FBI helped lead to the wiretaps on Blagojevich. And I was, I, I didn't know what to make of it, and I opened up, and my, you know, my stomach just dropped. I know this is hard. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. It was another kind of turn in a, a really long, bad road. These are friends at the end of the day. In the tragedy of a man taking his own life, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a horrific thing, and, it, you know, it, it, it hurt me. It hurt all of us. It was a, a kick in the gut. You know, I didn't see that coming, and uh, it was just a long night. FBI agents Patrick Murphy and Daniel Kane. It wasn't like we were trying to pile on the guy, but the crime surfaced. Certainly not happy that it happened, but I don't feel like um, we did anything other than we were supposed to do. I feel the same way. I don't feel bad about doing our job. I don't think we can. This is all caused in my humble, by an overzealous system. Blagojevich defense attorney, Sam Adam Jr. I remember I had a client once tell me, and he says, man, they're putting pressure. Pressure bus pipes, Sam. Don't you get that pressure bus pipes? At some point, you have to say it's not worth it. We're not going to continue to go after this guy trying to get him to, to say whatever, even if we think it's true. That certain things just aren't worth it. Getting a conviction is sometimes not just worth it. People want pressure applied now, and that's a very scary thought to me, and Chris is an example of that. Yeah, this is unfortunately not my first experience. Lead prosecutor, Reed Shar. When you're a part of these cases, you want to see any case. You want to see justice done and people to be held accountable for their actions. But you never want people to react to being put in a difficult situation where they're being basically held to account by doing something that physically harms themselves or harms somebody else. At the end, we're doing our job, and we're doing it in the way that we think is best. And so I, I don't really second-guess that. But in some ways, the reality is everything you do has an impact. Um, how that factored into his decision-making, I don't know, but I'm not so naive as to think it probably didn't. Can you remember how you and Rod got the news about Chris's death? We were in New York something to do with the um, apprentice, I think. So we were at dinner and Rod got a call, found out. It's terrible. 
The day after that phone call, Rod appeared on a radio show where he talked about Chris. Quote, he refused to lie about someone and not stand up for the truth. He added, my friend Chris Kelly's death will not be in vain. For Rod, the show had to go on. Just a few weeks later, he began filming. From the streets of Manhattan to the boardroom of Trump Tower, they'll attempt to mortgage their fame. This time, Rod was going big league. The Celebrity Apprentice had a national audience of millions, and prosecutors preparing for Rod's trial got annoyed. Reed Shar says he and other prosecutors are worried about the show because it's set to air just a few months before Blagojevich goes on trial. Sam Adam represents Blagojevich. This is the first time I have ever heard of a law enforcement official coming to court and saying, Judge, please shut the defendant up. It was, it was rather interesting. Uh, looking at back now and how it all played out, again, you don't do those things. And people believe this. You don't do those things unless you're innocent. I'm competing because I've been wronged and maliciously accused of things I didn't do. I'm fighting back. It's time for a new deal. It's time to get back to work. It's time for The Celebrity Apprentice. The Celebrity Apprentice starts now. No, I had a... I, had a, I, a I gotta say, power. you have a lot of guts. <laughs> he does. Um, he does, right, yeah, Daryl? Yeah, you have yeah. to hand it to proud of him, too. He's got a lot of guts. Yes. Let me say, if I could, I was the CEO of the fifth biggest state in America, 57,000 employees, a budget of about... $60 billion, almost as big as the budgets you work with, Donald. Throughout the show, reality TV megastar Donald Trump heaped praise on Rod and empathized with the situation. Well, he's in a really tough position. Oh, absolutely. In all fairness. Yeah, yeah. Because I think Rod's a tough guy. I also happen to think he's He's a a nice guy. guy. Okay. Great guy. But he's in this very, very tough position. I think if I were him, I'd be (laughs) kissing ass also. Well, he has been. Did Rod ever talk to you about interactions with Trump from that show? I know we liked him. And I think you're a guy with great courage because I know people that get into trouble and they just want to go home to mommy. I see them fold like a tent. Of course, back then, nobody knew that Rod would be convicted to a long prison sentence. And nobody knew that Donald Trump would become president of the United States, thereby being the only person in the world who could bring Rod home early. Rod got a lot of exposure from that show with Trump. Before the trial, his defense attorney, Sam Adam Jr., wondered if they had done enough. Did I screw this up? Should we have not done the media tour? But I look back now, and where would Rod have been had none of that happened? And if you look at the polling, I believe we got close to 50-50 by the time we went to trial, that the public was saying, yes, he was definitely guilty, and the others were saying, you know what? Any man who comes out and says he's innocent like this, there's got to be something to his story. And that's why Rod went on the media tour. In the year and a half since his arrest, Rod had been impeached. He pleaded his case in front of millions of Americans, and his loyal friend, Chris Kelly, had killed himself. Rod talked about the death of Chris Kelly as a loss on two levels. He'd lost a friend, but he'd also lost a witness. Part of me is um, really very, very sad about it. Part of me is kind of angry with him because had he just stayed and gotten on the stand and told the truth, 
I mean, he could have been, you know, a witness for us and told the truth, and maybe things would have been different. Next time on Public Official A, The People versus Rod Blagojevich. Public Official A is a production of WBEZ Chicago. I'm Dave McKinney. The producer is Colin McNulty. The executive producer is Kevin Dawson. Our interns are Sophie Lalonde and Bia Medias. Special thanks to Al Keefe, Brendan Banizak, and Tony Arnold. The show is mixed by Adam Yaffe. If you or someone you love is having thoughts of suicide, you can call the National Suicide Helpline at 1-800-273-8255. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.